So I watched a video that came up where basically they were talking about the death of Minerva Mink. And the reason this video was done was basically to touch upon the reason why Minerva, animation-wise, was never really given more screen time solely, you know, on the original Animaniacs, or even, by extension, why we don't see her as much, or didn't see her as much, in the new soft-rebooted Animaniacs series, which is basically a continuation, somewhat, of the original. And everything they brought up was kind of true on the, you know, basically on the nose. I mean, her over-sexualization was one of the main reasons why she was always, like, in the background or put into a bit role in her later appearances. And, you know, that's understandable. Because at that time, you know, when you would see a character like a Minerva Mink, you know, being, you know, exposed the way she was, you would mainly save that for more of the you know, prime time shows, you know, that you would get on things like Fox, CBS, MTV, you name it, uh, Toonami, I think that was just starting up at the time, um, I think even, I think what else, what are the prime time blocks were there, you know, broadcast and cable wise, but, well, whatever, whatever ones were still out there, like even HBO, HBO is the one, one as well, you know, she's the kind of character that, basically would be seen and more at home in those kind of environments. But because she was an Animaniacs character, obviously she had to get some screen time, which is why we got Moon Over Minerva and Meet Minerva. Now, speaking of those two shorts, they did bring up the fact that, yes, chronologically they are out of order. That basically those two you know, should have been reversed in order when they debuted. Moon Over Minerva was actually supposed to be the second one, while Meet Minerva was supposed to be the true introduction of the character, even though we did see her in Hercular Yako, basically the Sherlock Holmes uh, kind of parody, if you will. And, you know, I'm glad they brought that up. I really am glad they brought that up. But they also brought up the fact that the reason, you know, Minerva had a bit of a downfall during her run on Animaniacs, again, isn't just because of her over-sexualization, but it's the way her character was presented. You know, her manipulation of male characters like Newt the Dog and Wilford Wolf and, you know, and stuff like that. The fact that she was kind of narcissistic and more about, oh, I want to have money and everything, you know, in the process, be rich and all that. You know, that, those are other various reasons why she was downplayed. They also brought up the fact that the reason production-wise Moon Over Minerva and Meet Minerva were kind of switched a little bit is because Moon Over Minerva was the easier to, I guess you could say, edit when it came to certain things. Even though when you watch Meet Minerva, you could pretty much ask yourself, well, why didn't, do, why didn't they do the same here with this one? Well, because honestly, Meet Minerva was supposed to be the first one and not the second one. Anyway... You know, they brought this up, and they even brought up something that I knew I heard of somewhere, but I was kind of shocked that basically somebody had married the character. <laughs> now, now obviously, this was, I don't know if this was legal, if this was played up for, for laughs, or something done at a convention, or whatever the case may be, but literally, someone married the character, or at least married or made it look like they had married the character, um, you know, somewhere. And it basically was somebody in a Minerva 
cosplay. Now, by the looks of it, by the looks of it, I'm not trying to say it was them, but by the looks of it, it seemed to be a YouTube user rabbit in the room. Now, I'm not saying it was them. It could have been somebody else, you know, maybe somebody that they know of. But it looked like one of the costumes that, well, basically, you know, uh, Rabbit in the Room had developed to show off on their YouTube channel. Now, be that as it may, they did come out and say that Minerva, I guess through fan interpretation or whatever, you know, stated that that's not, that wedding never took place and that she's still single. <laughs> whatever, uh, or however you want to interpret it, if you will. But, basically, overall, this little video essay they did on Minerva's, you know, uh, run on Animaniacs is pretty good. They even touch upon the fact that when she appeared in the Animaniacs comics by DC, that she got more exposure, more opportunity, more spotlight there than ever before. And that sometimes the comic stories took the cartoons and almost put them to shame. Not entirely, but almost. You know, based on the fact that they had more zany wild outtakes by the male counterparts and Minerva herself. The fact that they could do more and everything, you know, with Minerva as a character. You know, they basically said, said in the long run that she, you know, the writers of the comic had more freedom with her character to do what they wanted. And also be able to showcase her, you know, uncensored wise, if you will, when it came to, you know, what she was wearing. Whether, whether it's an entire story in an issue where she's wearing a bikini, she's, you know, cosplaying as Xena, warrior princess, you name it. You know, whatever... Whatever the case, you know, whatever the scenario case may be, they had more freedom with her character. But, by extension, it's because of the animation, and I'm assuming, in a way, the comic by extension, that we didn't see Minerva in the reboot. Now, I know a lot of us were hoping that Season 3 would be the opportunity, and yes, even though there's a scene in Season 3 where Yako holds up a picture of both Minerva and Hello Nurse, and there is a moment, I think, at the end of uh, what is it, one of the Season 1 episodes where she and all the other characters that have been captured by Chicken Boo, who was in the disguise of a hunter, were chasing after him because they were pissed. You know, outside of all those... You know, we never really saw her in, you know, in any kind of official capacity outside of that. You know, we didn't see her anymore after that. And a lot of fans love this character. A lot of fans love this character. And and I think that's why. I think that's why she has, you know, the fan following that she does. And in a way, uh, the, the individuals here that basically talked about Minerva... You know, in a way, they kind of acknowledged that, you know, by this video, by doing this video essay. You know, they acknowledged that, yes, Minerva does have a fan base. She does have a cult following, if you will, of fans, you know, that want to see uh, more of her, you know, in the future. Wanted to see more of her. Wanted to see her get more of an opportunity outside of what she had. Now, be that as it may... Be that as it may, times are different now. And even the writers, they acknowledge this too. The writers themselves, you know, came out and, and said in recent interviews that times ha- were different. Times, you know, excuse me, had cha- you know, were had changed uh, to the point that you can't get away with something like Minerva 
you know, nowadays in an animated kids cartoon, unless it's mostly in prime time. Now, some might say, well, what about what was seen with the leaked, you know, animation from the new Tiny Toon Luniversity? What about that? You know, in, in those scenes, in those scenarios. And, and look, you know, there, there are exceptions. But people will point out that what they're doing is paying homage to classic Looney Tune tactics that Bugs Bunny would do uh, in the classic cartoons. And we even seen Buster do in the original Tiny Toons. So, so yeah, there, you know, there are exceptions that, hey, these are just for the plot of the story, nothing else. You know, yes, you can, you know, when it comes to certain scenarios, yes, you can get away with a little bit more. But when it's part of a story to where it's the male character in the disguise of a female, then, then yeah, you know, that's basically, you know, I, I guess you could say finding a loophole around the situation. But back on track here, you know, Minerva. Let's be honest, there's no excuse for her not being able to be, you know, featured in some capacity in the new rebooted Animaniacs. There's no, there's no excuse for that. Let's be honest. I mean, you want to tone down her sexualization, that's fine. That's fine. But guess what? This was on Hulu, not on broadcast television, not on cable television. So you could get away with a little bit more. You could. And I think those at Warner Brothers know that. And I think these people that did this video essay know that. That they could have got away with a little bit more. But they didn't. And that's unfortunate. You know, that's unfortunate. But in the end, ladies and gentlemen, you know, in the end, you know, with this video essay, I have to say, like, like I mentioned earlier, I thought they did a good job touching upon a lot of things. Even touching upon her development history and how she was basically somewhat a hybrid of different, you know, um, inspirations. Like Betty Boop, Marilyn Monroe, you know, uh, I can't think of the other girl's name that they mentioned that had that hairstyle, which it's mimicked after, that we see in Moon of a Minerva. You get the idea. She was basically inspired by a lot of uh, Hollywood fictional and real life sex symbols to be who she is and that originally her name was and I'm glad they brought this up too Marilyn Mink that's right they were going to name her Marilyn Mink but according to the video essay they did on the death of Minerva if you will that basically that would have been too on the nose as being very you know basically a call out of yeah she's just a furry version of Marilyn Monroe it would have been too on the nose, so they went with Minerva, which I think, honestly, you know, is a good choice, especially if you don't want to make it too obvious. But overall, I do recommend checking out this video essay because, again, like I said, they definitely touched upon a lot of things here, and I'm glad they did. I'm glad they touched upon a lot of things that were needed to be known about the character that maybe you didn't know about in the long run. You know, I'm glad that they did this, and I'm glad that they mentioned that when, you know, it came to the comics, you know, she did get more opportunity. She did get more exposure, which I'm glad to see. I'm glad to hear 
Because honestly, with comic books, as I've mentioned many times before, you can get away with a lot more. You could do a lot more with comic books than you can do in, uh, you know, with animation on television or even on the big screen. Now, the big screen kind of falls into the same thing with comic books, but there's still limitations. But with comics, you could pretty much, in a way, depending on whether or not, you know, the licensee is okay with it, you can pretty much get away with just about anything. And I think that's really good. I think that's really good and really cool for them to do. But in the end, in the end, I have to give props to them for doing this because, you know, at least it's acknowledging, you know, the reason why we don't see Minerva, you know, as much anymore in the mainstream when it comes to Animaniacs, especially the reboot, and what and explaining one of the main reasons why she was, you know, not given any more solo opportunities outside of Meet Minerva and Moon, Moon over Minerva. But let me know what your guys' thoughts are. How do you feel about it? Do you think those that did the video essay did a great job in pointing out all these things? How do you feel about it? And do you think they could have at least gotten away with getting Minerva on there? Maybe in some co-starring roles, solo acts with the new show? Let me know what your thoughts are. Comment below, like, chat during the premiere. You will get an audio podcast of this at BW Roses Discussions and all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora. Also, check me out at Vimo at BW Roses for content you can't get anywhere else due to copyright reasons. Also, check me out at Patreon.com for Patreon exclusive stuff when I get up to doing that again, hopefully very soon, with a $1 or $3 tier. The $3 tier will get you that exclusive stuff. Also, ladies and gentlemen, also, ladies and gentlemen, check me out at divanart.com, says BVW1979, and check me out at my Teespring store, which you can click at the end of the video here in the upper left-hand corner, uh, so you can check out any merchandise there that you can't get anywhere else. And until next time, guys, I will talk to you all later, but again, give me your thoughts. Do you agree with those that did the essay on Minerva Mink and her demise in the comics? And do you think they could have, Warner Brothers through Hulu could have brought her back due to being on a streaming service and not national broadcast, syndication, cable television? Let me know down below. And until next time, guys, I'll talk to you all later.